Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. You look lovely today. And that's it. We're done, right? No? No? Everybody interested in what our big surprise is? And uh, I'm sure we've heard lots of rumors about uh, floating around about what you think it is. Most of you are wrong. That's okay. It's good. Being wrong is okay. That's where God humbles us, helps us keep moving forward. But um, this, this uh, announcement today is embedded in this series on purpose. And it's really centered in this concept that we are better together. Amen. That there, there's a lot of things we can do and, and try to tackle on our own, but you know, uh, as Ecclesiastes says, that uh, when two people find themselves uh, cold, if they lie down together, they stay warm. Or if you're out in the woods all by yourself and a tree falls on you, it's happened to me so many times. Um, <laughs> so I always pack a saw, right? No. Uh, you're in real trouble. If you're all by yourself and something difficult happens in your life, you're in real trouble. But the thing that is so incredible is about what's possible when we all come together and we work together and we make it real. Like Romans says, don't let your love just be uh, basic or unauthentic. Make your love real and really, really love one another. That's Romans 12. And something that happens when we Learn how to love with Christ's love as he creates this bond between us. And as we begin to work together, he creates this synergy that is uh, unstoppable. In fact, he said that his church will be the unstoppable force until his return. He's coming back for a glorious church. Amen? That's you and I. That's not some other generation. That's us right now today. And God wants that to be the banner is that we believe and see and understand that we are better together. So uh, with that, we're going to jump in to this service and we're going to uh, just tackle uh, this big, huge thing that we think God has for us. We're just going to pull the lever on it. All right. Sound good? Are we ready in the back? Uh, I want to thank my tech guys, my, my brother Rodney back here in the back. He has been incredible. Um, so we're going to talk today about going from our foundation into our future. It's equally as important to know the essence of where you come from, who you are, as it is to know where you're going. The, the foundation of something that, that uh, is laid out in your life or in your house or whatever it happens to be, if, if that is unstable or you don't understand where it begins and ends and the purpose of that foundation, the weight, the load that it's designed to carry, you won't know how to build your house. So I came to Abbott Loop in 2001 and it was one of the best days of my life. And it actually was, I, I was being recruited by multiple ministries and, uh, and a few other churches and what happened was I stumbled into this place and I stood in there, and Pastor Rick Benjamin was the pastor at the time, and I went into their meeting, and it was sort of like my interview, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is where I want you to be. He called me here, and one of the things that impacted me was that every guy around the room was pretty much twice my age. Sorry, Frank, my brother. 
Frank, he goes, I started on this staff. I was the youngest guy on staff. How did I end up the oldest guy? Stay in power, brother. It just happens. This happens. Stay in power. We appreciate you. I just want to say uh, happy collapse anniversary to my brother Frank Curry. Yesterday was the anniversary of the collapse of Abbott Loop uh, Worship Center seven years ago. Seven years ago, uh, Eleanor prophesied uh, that this is the end of a seven-year cycle and that we're moving into our eighth year, which is the year of new beginnings. That's pretty significant that this is the first day of the eighth year since the anniversary of our collapse. I think that is something big. And God's about to shift something huge in our church. And I just want to honor Frank and Mona Curry, the other board members with us as well, uh, Pastor Rick and Dolores Benjamin. You guys are rocks. Love you. God bless you. I don't know how we could have ever got here without you, brother. I love you so much. Is Mona here too? I don't know where Mona is, but we love you. Um, uh, Mona served on our board for uh, quite a few years too, just a dynamite human being and just such a blessing. Um, I, it, you, you know, we went through some difficult things and when we stick together, it's something that happens when you just stick together. There's a bond that happens when you go through hard stuff. And God just really has solidified some things in our foundation, I believe. But uh, this is a year, this is the day, the first day of new beginnings. How fun is that? So we want to just explore, and I want you to understand, and I'm going to do my best to honor our foundation and help us all just be able to see the essence of who we've always been. When you understand the essence of who you've been, you know where you're going. So just back to my little story about when I walked in, the Lord spoke to me with all these older gentlemen, uh, men and women in this church, and he said, this is where I want you to be so you can grow and learn from the heritage and the foundation of this place. And what's amazing is that because of the people and the leaders in this church and the people they discipled, they led uh, my in-laws to Christ, and they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and of course they led their kids, and then my lovely wife, she was witnessing to me and led me to the Lord. So I got saved because of the ministry at Abbott Loop Community Church. That's how I came to know Jesus. Then I got raised up and trained in one of the outreach churches from Abbott Loop. That's where I grew it. I didn't even know any of this was going on. I, I didn't even make the connection. I'd heard the names, Dick Benjamin, Dick Strutz, but I didn't really know much about it because I was just a peanut and Jesus growing and trying to like, you know, figure out what God wanted me to do with my life, right? I always knew I had a call of ministry. And uh, I just went to work, started working in the oil field and all kinds of other things. And then it was just some miraculous circumstances where the Lord spoke to me and uh, spoke to one of the other gentlemen. They called me when I was working on an oil rig, and I ended up here at Abbott Loop. It was just amazing. And now, somehow, the Lord placed me to be in charge of this whole amazing journey, right? This thing, the next season, the next chapter of where we're going. So, okay, with that, I want us to look in to... 1959, the genesis of our church. In 1959 was the birth of Abbott Loop Community Church. And in that, there was 22 uh, pioneering, uh, adventurous human beings that had a call from God to start this local church. And they started this church with this shared vision to work and build uh, a really spirit-led kingdom church and um, kingdom-minded church 
in this little Quonset hut here on our property. And there's just a little picture. Somebody had painted a picture of that. We don't have a real photo. We, at least I have never seen one. And uh, the forerunners of our church were Dick and Carol Benjamin. There they are. God bless them. Look at how handsome and young you look, my brother. And here's their little babies here, Rick and Susan. If you know that little baby there on the left, uh, Rick, he was the senior pastor of Avot Loop for about 20 years. And uh, Rick and Dolores couldn't be here today. They're suffering for Jesus in Hawaii, poor things. But they really, he had his work, he, could, he had a big work thing that they had scheduled in Hawaii, so poor guy. There he is. Look at what some cuties. That's Rick and Susan. And then here's Dick and Beverly Struts and their seven children. Rick, Jim, Marie, whoop, Lindy, Colleen, Rhonda, and Cindy. I, I, this is, anyway, I just want to honor you two brothers. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Thanks for making it. Thanks for just making it to 90, you know? So this is Dick Struts, Dick Benjamin right here. God bless you, brothers. How many uh, kids in this photo are here? How many Struts kids are here? Anybody there? Is Cindy, right? Yeah? Hi, Cindy. What? Am I right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Sorry, it's dark. Any other Struts family members in here that are in this photo? You don't want to admit that? Is that you up there? I think, is that Rick? The, who, yeah, he, he's, on the, he's one really excited in there. Who's the one that's really happy there? That's Jim. Good job, Jim. <laughs> he's always excited. He is a great guy. Oh, man, I don't know where we'd be without you guys. Well, honestly, we would not be where we're at today, and this is a huge part of our foundation. This is a guy that a lot of people have heard maybe his name, but his name is Joe D. Wolf, and him and many other faithful, loyal servants are incredible people that made this church go right from the beginning. He apparently likes to read the newspaper. Okay. <laughs> I never got to meet Joe. Uh, the vision of this church, uh, one of the things that happened is... Uh, Apostle Dick Benjamin dedicated the church with this song, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And one of the main lines in this song is that he's all that my hungering spirit needs. And I believe this is a prophetic declaration over our church and who we are, the essence of who we are and who we will always be is a church that is led by the spirit of God. Here's the voice of God. In fact, uh, Apostle Dick will tell the story of how he was walking around and looking at different property as the Holy Spirit was leading him to plant a church. And then he was down over in the, around the McDonald's area where it was a little lower. And the Lord spoke to him, go to higher ground. Take the higher ground, amen? And so because of that, we have this property here today. And there's a lot of significance to just hearing the voice of God and following. And I believe also not just hearing the word of God, but being established and founded on the word. Those are two powerful parts of being led by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And it was really a powerful thing that this song here, he's all that my hungering spirit needs. I believe this is the essence of what we need to capture, church. Is church cannot just be about showing up and punching your time clock. Our spirit needs to hunger for the things of Jesus. And I'm asking that as we move forward from our foundation and our future, you stir up that passion and that hunger inside your heart to, to hunger after the things that the Spirit has, is placing on your heart. What if Jesus was first place? 
all the time. But one of the things that happened is when Christ was placed first and they began to just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, God started to stir things up and the church was really growing and going along like probably any normal church until this radical apostolic shift happened in 1973. A man by the name of Jim Durkin shows up and he was an apostle really from our founding roots and he comes in and catalyzes this apostolic movement and he prophesies and, and sets uh, Dick Benjamin apart to be an apostle. All of the elders and leaders confirmed that they believed Dick was really called to be an apostle. And from that moment on, there was this crystallization of the apostolic vision and destiny on our church. Things began to shift. And if you talk to anybody from that era, they say, oh man, when Jim Durkin showed up, this whole place just unlocked. It just changed. The Bible says that the, that the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. And as the prophetic and the apostolic was laid in, and there was this emergence of gifts and training that happened, and thousands of leaders, literally thousands of leaders, began to emerge and be trained out of the movement. One incredible thing is that over 40% of all of our church growth was through salvations. That is a miraculous number, but that's one of the reasons why it was so dynamic and electric and why there was such a radical impact on the kingdom. It's because people were saved from such terrible circumstances and their lives were transformed, like my brother Brian Green. Brian, will you give everybody a wave? I just wanna honor you, my friend. I love you. Sue Green, will you raise your hand? I wanna honor you both. Love you. It, it, these are... Uh, hidden figures at this moment, but massive pillars in our church that have made, that helped this foundation really thrive. And he's part of this church growth. Salvation, got saved, trained, began to lead and, and led at a very high level in this church and now has, he's an apostle in his own right and is apostolic leader out in the community and still trucking along and impacting many, many people's lives for Christ, but it comes from this foundation. And one of the other things that began to happen is as we were training so many leaders, churches began to spark up and plant, began to plant churches in this vision for launching and sending churches. And we planted over 100 churches, and it kind of happened in layers, but over 100 churches were planted and over 1,000 people, leaders were literally sent out to lead these churches. It, Abbott Loop Community Church has an, had an impact not only here in our city, but our state, the nation, and literally around the world. There are some fundamental things that, and, and, and pieces in our foundation that Apostle Dick Benjamin and Dick Strutz focused on, and it was not only, but I wanna highlight these two passages that really brought us together and synergized some of these things, which is found in Matthew chapter 28 and Ephesians 4. Now, these are just some of the things that as I look in, I don't know this is exactly what they, their hook and their tag that they lined in, but this church was going, it was training, it was, it was empowering gifts, it was equipping, and it was mature. These things were happening, and it really comes out of when we understand these two passages and stay focused on them, the mission to include 
We've always been about including people. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This mission to go to lead people into a loving relationship with Jesus. And when they come in, we just wrap them up and embrace them and bring them into the family. This is one of the things that has always made this church great, is, is being willing to preach the word, the good news to everyone around us. And another unique thing is found in our foundation is in Ephesians 4, where it talks about the fivefold gifts. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. A lot of churches are afraid to even talk about this. And especially in the time of when this foundation was laid, it was really just not really done. And our church pioneered the understanding of these gifts and allowing them to work together. It was the unifying of these gifts, the empowerment and valuing of these gifts and training them and allowing them to just go forward and be, be recognized that caused a huge amount of the equipping and training and emerging of leaders to happen among us. So these people get saved, but then they grow. A lot of times people would move it, come into a movement, get saved, and then not grow. And the unique thing about what our founding fathers have done is that they found out a way to stay focused on leading people to Jesus and equipping them and empowering them to be the best they could be. But that's what this says. It goes, the purpose of these fivefold gifts is not to just be held up as some lofty great title, but to equip his people for works of service. You're called to works of service, church. You're called to be equipped. God is raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers among us. That's you. Some people in here need to start asking the Lord, is that me? And what's my gift? And we need to fall in love with submitting to these gifts as they train and equip and empower us to be the best that we can be. But Jesus has to be our banner. We have to allow this prophetic song that was sung over our church so long ago to become rooted into our heart that Jesus is all that our hungering spirit needs. And then everything else that is really idolatry to take the place of Jesus falls down and gets crumbled down to the ground. And Jesus is the pillar, the thing in our heart and our life that our, only our spirit needs. And we want this type of discipline in our life. We're hungering to be challenged and trained. You know, training is hard. You get up in the morning, you go to work, you work out, you exercise, you sweat. Sometimes you bleed, sometimes you cry. There's pain involved. No pain, no gain. Stay the same. But equipping means work. Look at that four-letter word. We want to look at that as a four-letter word sometimes, don't we? W-O-R-K. That's ministry, work. But it's for Jesus, not your church. And when your church becomes your leader, you're all whacked out. Jesus has to be what your hungering spirit needs. It's easy to submit to leaders and their guidance and their equipping when Jesus is number one because he sorts it all out as we go. But this final part of this passage is really the essence of what I believe made our church so great and will continue to make us great as we forge in to the future. It says here, until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The unity of the faith brings us such great supernatural power and synergy. Because without humility, you can never reach unity. God says he gives grace and power to the humble. And when we stand on the platform of humility, we allow it to cultivate the very center place of our heart, God then begins to move in his grace and power through our life. But when you walk in humility, you see you need others. And it draws you to, I, I have limits. I don't have everything it takes to win, succeed, to accomplish the great things that God has placed on my heart that my hungering spirit needs. I need you. And I don't just need you to be next to me. I need you to become mature. I need you to become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That comes through humility and desiring to be better together to be in total unity. But we can no longer be a church of milk-drinking, immature babies, complaining and worrying about the littlest of details in our massive consumer mentality. No one has enjoyed church at the comfort level that this generation has enjoyed. It's sick that we would complain that these chairs are not soft enough? What are we hungering for? Go to the movies to be entertained, come to church to be a Marine, come on. Come to church to be mature, to attain the fullness of what Christ has called you to. Come to church to be equipped, become all that he's made you to be, to be better together, to accomplish something great together, not to look cool, be cool. We're just here to change the world for Jesus. We can do that sitting on rocks. They did it for a thousand years. I like comfy chairs and God bless America, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard to get one but I'm not gonna complain about it. Because when my heart is focused on what's right and, and, and before Jesus, we stop looking at these things that the enemy is so powerfully desiring to create division in. He, he's a master of division and he uses everything to try to just get us to diffuse our synergy and start being against one another. So then all of a sudden the power of unity pulls out of the room and we stop becoming mature, people stop growing and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness. If we could get unity, church, we get the fullness. I want that. Sign me up. So God is leading us from our foundation into our future. And one of the things that we have to feel and see and look at is that this concept of unity is the thing that God has really placed on the hearts of our board, our elders, our team, our staff, even the prophetic words that have been coming is all centered around this feel and this, this, this essence that comes out of Ephesians for about operating in unity so we can reach maturity and the fullness of what God has called us to from our foundation to our future. 
So here's what I'm telling you, and this is why you showed up today, is we're gonna go from the same foundation and same vision into a new name. So our church is gonna embrace a new name. And I want you to think about it like this. We are Abbott Loop Community Church. We always have been, we always will be. We've had, this'll be the fourth name change, by the way. You might not have known that. But there were slight changes in the past, and, uh, but they were for a purpose, that God led the le senior leadership at the time to make those shifts. And God's leading us to make another shift right now in the name of our church. And it's to, and it's to do something specific, to bring uh, focus to what we believe is uh, the banner that needs to be over us and the flag that needs to be in front of us as we move forward. But we are the same church, same foundation, same vision. We are Abbott Loop Community Church. We are emerging with this new name. Amen? All right. We're not changing to be something different. You might be asking yourself, if a grenade's going off in your mind, okay, uh, why now? This is our 60th year. Our anniversary of 60 years is this year, November 15th. Can you believe that? 2019. 60 years. Did you guys ever imagine you'd still be here 60 years later? <laughs> You're like, oh. Heaven's going to be good, guys. Heaven's going to be good. <laughs> Love you both. <laughs> Older than I've ever been. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we have had, I think there's some prophetic significance that's happened. We didn't exactly plan it to be on the first day of the eighth, beginning of the eighth year after this massive transition with our building, but it happened to be that, and I think the Lord's in that. But um, we had multiple prophetic words that started to come in. This has been in my heart for about eight years, and in the last two to three years, it's really been pressing on my heart really strong. And I've just been submitting it to the Lord, submitting it to leadership, and asking God for just clarity, wisdom on how we're to move forward and what is next, when. And um, one thing that happened is that uh, a guy by the name of Alan Ross shows up to our church, and he's prophesying to our staff. And so we have that prophetic word. As I'm going to play it for you in just one second, and you're going to get to hear it. Um, it's very significant, but what is even more significant is that Eleanor, one week earlier in our staff prayer time, just, she'll just come to our prayer times and then she starts prophesying and we're all taking notes. And, um, she says, she looks at me and she says, there's something in your heart that God has told you to do. And he says, you need to just do it. And I'm like, Whoa. Okay, <laughs> like the Lord just going, quit messing around, you big scaredy cat, just do this thing, right? And so, you know, I'm doing this with fear and trembling. I really am, because this is a big deal, is that who we are as a church, this is not just about having some cool new hip thing. It's about what God wants to lead us into. The same spirit of hearing the voice of God and obeying and following. These are the things Apostle Dick, uh, Benjamin, and Struts taught my pastor, Rick Benjamin, he taught me, and I want to teach those that are coming after me, is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey. And that's what we're really trying to do to the best of our ability. So let's listen in as we hear uh, Prophet Alan Ross speak about our church. Are we ready with audio? Okay, thanks, brothers. It's time to call this as a church 
and evolve fully into who God wants you to be in this next season. Respect the past. Yes. Honour the leaders who have laboured amongst you. Continue to hold Big Benjamin as beloved in your hearts. Mm -hmm. But it's now time to find out who you really are. It's a 21st century apostolic movement. Abbot Loop came to life in 1959 and proved to be a prototype apostolic movement designed to grow, flourish and impact in the 20th century. That season in God is now completely over. It's over and done with. The grace has lifted. You're finding now as a church and as a movement a new grace for the 21st century. God's mandate for the 21st century is very different to his mandate for the 20th century. Now, you're beginning something from scratch. It's a new season. It's a new time of hearing, understanding, growing and developing. In the church, perceive as leaders the new DNA. It will have relationship with the former DNA, but it's a new generation of the family tree. And this generation of the family tree requires a name change. If you look at the family trees of historical American families, you'll see that over the decades, even centuries, the names keep changing. This branch of the family tree requires a new name change and requires rebranding. And whilst he's speaking to Abbot Lupin, a time where it's all embryonic again, he's speaking from a place of the works of Abbot Luke being completed in Christ. He's inviting you to partner with him to be the people he's already decided that you will be and to do what he's already decided you will do and to join the Lord then only do what he tells you to do that will fulfill the physical reality of a completion transaction that's already taking place in the spirit from heaven to earth not calling on God from earth to heaven and saying going to help us please help us Amen so when you hear a, vo a, a prophetic word from someone who, whom everyone I know respects this man as probably one of the most legitimate prophets in our generation. I've never heard him miss one word, ever. And I've heard him for over 15, 16 years. He's been prophesying to me and people I know. And uh, this was a big push. This was a big push, especially since we had the day before just finished a rebranding session, which we were looking at all the new colors and everything we'd be doing. And I had this new name in the back of my mind going, I think we should be doing this. <laughs> and Eleanor prophesies, you need to do it. Okay, so all of that's big. And I hear, this is one of the things I heard Alan say is, uh, it's embryonic again. The DNA from the former, it's part of the future. It's the foundation of the future. And, and it's all part of the same thing. We have the advantage to look back and build from the lessons, build from the learning, and, and honor the past and move in and bring the best into the future.
We have that. That is one of the, I have one of the greatest positions of any pastor I think that's maybe ever lived. Two founding apostles are sitting in this room that built and pioneered this to bless our church and what we're doing and the movement and where we're going. To mentor, I mean, I've been meeting with Apostle Dick B for years and years and years, week, monthly, and sometimes we were doing weekly. And uh, Rick B, he's the former senior pastor. Every week I meet with him. He evaluates every message that I ever preach for 11 years. There's things that, I don't get to do that. And when, when Rick resigned as a senior pastor of this church, him and Dolores signed up to serve in the nursery. What kind of leaders behave like this? Usually it's just a lot messier, all right? And you don't get the opportunity to have this be a part of where we're going, but we do. And I'm so honored and blessed that we do, and I appreciate that you two brothers are here. And so, one of the things about our name is that it's always been with us from the beginning. Our new name has been with us from the beginning, and we see it here in Abbott Loop Community Church is that the Lord is telling us to simply focus on the action of what's made us great, which is brought through common unity. Unity of the believers. The banner of unity is the thing that is gonna be over us and a flag that's in front of us. And so with that, if you're ready, <laughs> a little drum roll, please. From our foundation to our future, from now, we will emerge as Unite Church. And without destroying this, there it is. Look at that. Unite Church, we're all in, all together. The essence of who we've always been and who we will continue to be is to include, equip, launch, repeat. Once you think about that, include, equip, launch, repeat. You hear that out of Ephesians 4 and Matthew 28 is to lead people to Jesus, include them into this loving family and to uh, draw them into a relationship where they experience the love of God that transforms everything and who they thought they were and brings them into an eternal relationship with Jesus. No one can break. To equip people, not to be soft cons church consumers, but to be hardened Marines for Jesus that are willing to sacrifice and do the hard thing and hunger for the things that God hungers for and to launch people into their destinies, launch them into the dreams and the things that God has set before them. We wanna be a part of sending the next generations of leaders. People are saying, oh, the next generation is, oh, it's the worst it's ever been. And you're like, you probably didn't raise a hippie. <laughs> it was pretty bad then too. Look, the world's bad, always. The devil's bad, always. The church is good, the church is light, the church is emerging, the church is glorious and powerful and unstoppable if we walk in his love, unity, and the bond of peace. Nothing can stop us. People have to be mature and equipped and launched into their destinies. And then, repeat, over and over and over again, learning from everything that we're doing to become more efficient and more effective at leading people to Jesus, equipping them and launching them into their destinies over and over and over again. This church 
by the Spirit of God doesn't get another vision, guys. It's one vision from our foundation to our future, and that's to walk in unity, all in all together, to include, equip, launch, repeat. Launch and repeat. That's what we're going to keep doing. So we are Unite Church. If you look at this, this is our new logo, and it has a lot of ties in from our past. And one of the things you wanted to do was tie in from this concept of growing. We used to have the cross and the wheat that was centered on Jesus and spiritual growth, right? We still have that. We have this tree that is in the center of our you, of our unity. And the tree is open at the top because we're bringing people in. We're including them into our world. And we're equipping them, and so it's always growing, right? And then it's shaped kind of like an arrow because we're launching, and it's open at the top again so we can send people out into their destiny. And then it's, repeat, do it again and again in the bedrock of unity, under the banner of unity. So when you look at this symbol, I want you to think, and I want you to, listen, it's one thing for us to think about this. It's a different thing for us to become it. So inviting and inspiring people to a bigger purpose, unite church. We have to embrace this and become it. It has to get bedrock inside of who we are. Amen? So there's one thing that I've asked for us to do, and that is I've asked uh, Apostle Dick Benjamin and Apostle uh, Dick Strutz to bless our church. Now I'm gonna say this, just real simple, uh, is that we're just talking about getting, uh, and, and you might be here, you don't have to love the new name, guys. You don't have to love it. God, I love you. And nobody has to agree 100% on this new name, it, it, it isn't, that isn't what unifies us. The spirit of who we are is the only thing we're talking about. And what we want from our apostolic fathers is the blessing on the essence of who we want to be. That's what we're asking from them. Amen? And I want, I, I want you to just do this with me. If we could stand and just honor these two men of God as they come forward and are going to pray a blessing on our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. If, if we, you can help uh, Pastor Dick get here, right before we do this, thank you guys, you may be seated. Um, I, I did something out of order because I'm so excited. Okay, is that we're going to listen to Pastor Rick Benjamin first, but yeah, you guys, we can get you guys here closer. And then uh, can you grab that chair, Pastor Reed? Where's Reed? Oh, there he is. Mariah, will you grab one of those chairs and you'll set it here for Pastor Dick Struts? There we go. And then, Joni, you can maybe get ready to do the portion where we're going to honor these guys. And then, okay, so let's do, let's hear from, everybody wants to know what Pastor Rick thinks. That's also good, right? Pastor Rick's in Hawaii, but we had him make a video. So you're going to be here whether you like it or not. Hi, everyone. Rick Benjamin here. My wife, Dolores, and me can't be there today. Sorry about that. But thanks for this way for us to communicate with you. I've been part of this church almost 60 years, and I love this church when it used to be a little congregation called Abbott Loop Community Chapel. And I love this church when it changed later to become something called Abbott Loop Christian Center. Now, Dolores and I, we've been part of this church almost 40 years, more than 40 years, and we loved it when it became Abbott Loop Community Church. And we're going to keep on loving this church when it becomes Unite Church. 
because it's full of great people that make it a great church, people that we love. We love Josh and Joni Tanner. We love the whole leadership team. We love you. A name is an important thing. The proverb says, a good name is more desirable than riches. Wow. But what's more important than the name is what it represents. So having a good name for a church, that's important. But what's really important is actually really being a good church. So this name, Abbott Loop, when you think about it, kind of an odd name for a church. But that name, Abbott Loop, I actually believe to lots of people, even around the world, it represents faithfulness and love and integrity and teaching the Bible and following the Holy Spirit and training people and, and worshiping God and sending out churches and missionaries and pastors. That's what's important. And I really do believe as this church continues building on that heritage and that foundation, then this new name, Unite Church, will come to mean all those same things. I have a passion for unity myself. It's important to me, especially unity between churches, between pastors, but I'm a big believer in unity within a local church. And I've experienced myself the power of what God can do in a united church. So I really like that part of our name, especially. So from Dolores and me, we just wanna say thank you for all the great people in this church who faithfully serve and love and give and pray and work. And we're just gonna say, please keep it up. We encourage you. Just keep on doing what you faithfully do to make this church go forward in the future. Because we share a great vision of one great glorious church made up all the believers everywhere. A church that's united and mature, even perfected. And a church that completes the Great Commission and takes the ministry of Jesus to the whole world. And that's what Jesus himself prayed for. May they all be one. May they be brought to complete unity so the world will see and the world will know and the world will believe. And that's what it's all about. So from Dolores and me, God bless you all. We love you all. And God bless Unite Church. Amen. Amen. So with this, I want to turn over to my wife. Okay, this is an exciting day. I'm so glad that you could be here with us, both of you, founders of our church, and we honor you today. Um, I really, we, Josh, Josh and I felt very much like we would like to give, give you a gift. And what do you give to someone that has laid the foundations of your life? I was born into an Abbott Loop church in the Kenai Peninsula, a little place called Califonsky Christian Center at the time. And um, that church laid the foundation in my life, and it was rock solid. And so for teaching me to be, to be uh, built upon the rock of the word of God. And I was praying, and we were praying about it, and as the time drew near, and I, I didn't know what to give, and we, we went out shopping. And um, just of the same year that we had our our big collapse seven years ago, the Lord gave me a dream, and in this dream, it was a tsunami dream. I don't know why. What it is with tsunamis, I have tsunami dreams quite often. Um, but in that dream, 
all of the people of our church were on a church picnic, and we were along the beach from as far as you could see. We were on the beach playing with our kids, and I was pushing myself. I was pushing my daughter in her swing. And as soon a wall, I looked up, and no one saw this, but I looked up and I saw a wall of water heading towards that coastline, the beach. Immediately I thought of the children, and I said, tsunami, and, we, and I said, gather the children. And so I started gathering the children, and we all turned to run off the beach, and no sooner did we turn around, but we saw there was a giant white wall that went from all the way as far as you could see to as far as you could see, and there was no escaping this tsunami. And immediately we were swept up into the waters. And the dream goes on a little bit, but, but the essence is we were, we were in over our heads. There was, we, there was some that were lost, and there were some that were under, and we were diving down to, to save the, the ones. It was a pretty powerful dream, but at the end of this dream, um, a freighter, a, a big, like a cruise ship, it was a white ship, picked everyone up, and we were, we were rescued into this ship. And I remember the storms being in the ship like this, and, I, and then there was, a, there was a captain of the ship, and I, I looked at the captain, and I said, what are we, are we, are we lost, or what's going to happen? Because we were still beaten, beaten around in the ship. And it was a, a female, I believe it was representing the Holy Spirit, and she said, we're going up. And so she lifted, like, as, it, as an airplane, lifted up on this controller, and the ship just rose right out of the storm. And then I remember flying above, and down below, I just kind of saw in my mind's eye two ships, two white ships clunking together, and I thought they may beat each other up. And then suddenly, we all came up, and it was in this beautiful, we came above the clouds. So the storm was here, and then when we came above the clouds, and there was just this beautiful kind of golden, cloudy, sunsetty, beautiful it felt like we had come into a, um, a ship's haven, right? And um, so last night, and I thought, I, can't, I thought to myself, in fact, I've, I've said to several people, I got to paint a picture of this. I got to paint it because it was so vivid. Like I knew that was the Lord who lifted us up and who was, was saying, it's going to be okay. I'm going, I have a place for you. I have a, it's going to, a promise, a, pr- a place of the promise. And so last night as we were looking at the end of our rope, like, I don't know, you know, I felt like God really told us he wanted us to give you something. And I knew I want what I wanted it to say. We end up in this gallery and I see, see this picture. And if you could turn it around, this one picture. Yeah, just let's give this one first. Do you have that picture ready, Rodney? It's a really, oh, it's, it doesn't look great, but we're going to hang it over here for you to look at afterwards. Okay. This is a picture of a, a hot air balloon, which is exactly what was in my dream. There was a balloon that lifted us up on the boat, so it was like a hot air balloon. I saw this. But it's made of rock. It's, it defies, you know, nature. But I, there's a couple of really significant things in this. In this. That's, that looks pretty good. The rock represents the foundation of the Word of God where you have, have brought that, but the both of you. You have formed that into us. Pastor Dick, you have been instrumental in my family in that way. Teaching the word of God, you always pounded, teach the word of God. And 
That rock is Jesus, and the water in here represents the Spirit of God and the depths of the Spirit that were to go in this ocean. And then I thought it was really fantastic that there's another balloon way out there in the distance. You can't see it very good, but it's like, it's like those, have, those you know have gone before you. It's like there's the sunset. There's the glory cloud of the Lord. There's your destination. Our destination isn't earth. Our destination is heaven, right? But you're lifted up. Always in my dreams, I dream of a lot of vehicles, and vehicles represent ministries. And here in this, in this um, prophetic painting, this balloon represents the ministry that they've carried for the leg of the race that they were called to carry it faithfully. And so um, they're a little bit different. What's great about this is I was thinking, I don't want to give them the same thing, but these are two paintings. They're called um, Sky, what's this called? Skylands. Skylands 1 and Skylands 2. They're not the same. These, these pastors, are, you know, they've had this ministry that's, come, that's been together and it's been reconciling. And all, the way that they've traveled through their lives and even their, their wives have gotten to go be advanced and go on in glory before them. And so, you know, I look at that balloon that's out there like, you know, there's Carol. She's already, she's already in her destination. And, and um, you know, we get to look forward to that glorious hope and future. And so I am so excited to receive a father's blessing that's um, in our hearts to do, but, but we wanted to give those to you so that when you look at that, you can remember this is from us. We, we, everything in that picture um, just represents who you have been to us and your lives and that it would encourage you in this next season of your life. Amen. So what we're asking from you, brothers, is just for you to pray and bless our church. And I'd encourage you, if you're ready to receive a blessing from our apostolic founders, um, open your hearts, right? Let's start you. I just, am, I, am I on the air here? Well, I've had a slogan, there's no success without a successor. Yeah. And when Jesus left, he left successors, his apostles. And then when the time came in, in 1999, I became so old, Rick became my successor. And then he felt led of God to have Josh Tanner and Joni become his successor. And so as I've been coming here to church, I have not tried to exert an untoward influence in the area of the, of the leadership of the church, except to, just to be here, to be a part of the church and to honor Josh Tanner and Joni, and the Rose and Rankin, Reed and so the leadership. By my present, by my prayers, by my tithes and offerings. Today, I feel what's been happening is that Josh has become a successor to Rick, a successor to the leadership of this church, and my heart is truly with him and with Joni. Her family is very important all the way. And so I'm just going to keep on being 
a part of this church. That means I really belong over here. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll, let's pray to that end. Glory. Thank you. Lord, you're looking down upon us today, and I love these people. My pastor and his wife. Thank you for your faithfulness for all these years. It's amazing that when we when we sold our life into a church, into the function of a church, if we see other people destroy it, it's the destruction is almost beyond description, but Joss had built upon the foundation. As he quoted it from the Bible of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers, upon the foundation of Ephesians 4.1, endeavoring to keep the unity of this spirit in the bond of peace until we all come into the unity of the faith. So because of that commitment, that's based upon the eternality of the word of God itself, the promise of God itself. And he promised the baby built on the unity in the spirit and unity in the faith to see the work of God continue until the time that Jesus returns. So I, as a person, I just say, Lord, use my life, whatever you can, by just being here with these good people and holding up their hands and praying hard for them, Lord, praying diligently for them that everything will be working out real well in their, their realm of efforts and that you, your, your spiritual know-how shall be upon them all the way. They won't be traveling through darkness or obscurity, but will be led by the Holy Spirit to the fulfillment of Ephesians 4.3 and Ephesians 4.13, the apostolic vision that you gave this church. And Lord, they changed the name the name will change, and that and people by their constant living for Christ will make it so uh, make it so real, such a reality that it will gain their reputation. And the other one that's been here before of that loop as a community church will remain the same, but there'll be a new recognition and a new reputation that will that will be to the glory of God and to the glory of the fivefold that represent the Lord Jesus Christ and all his, the, the five aspects of his ministry. I ask your blessing upon every person in this room today and particularly upon the leadership in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. You know, over the years, I've, I don't know how many times people have asked me, what is your favorite scripture verse? And I probably have had several thousand. <laughs> but one of them that I, to, I keep coming back to is the prayer of Jesus in John 17. And it's just been on my heart for so long that he prayed. He, and remember, God answers prayer, and that's one that God answered. Right. I mean, he's going to answer that. And so... Um, it says, and I'm paraphrasing, when the church gets it together in unity, the unsaved are going to come in. Yeah. Isn't that critical? Yeah. I mean, and we, but we've tried so many different ways to bring people in. And uh, that's it looks to be like, I think God's going to answer that now, maybe in my lifetime. Yeah. 
I get to turn 90 in June. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, I think I can remember, I'll give you a little history. I can remember when uh, Avalon, we, we had uh, the building, it sat 450 people. And Dick and I were talking, and people were coming in so fast, yeah. and we didn't know what to do with them. I mean, we, right. we were training them as fast as we could, and we were sending them out as fast as we could. Right. Some of them we shouldn't probably send out that fast. <laughs> but overall, it, was, it worked pretty well, and I, we were talking. Now, I said, if we can, if we can just keep sending out, we had the Bible school going, and, and uh, if we just send them out fast enough, maybe we won't have to build again. Well, that didn't happen. They just came in so fast that we had went to that we doubled that to nine hundred. You know, and wow. Okay, maybe no, you don't have to build again. Well, then that didn't work either. They just kept coming, and so we went to we seated eighteen hundred. That's where the next auditorium sat, and and it wasn't unusual to have Sunday morning services of two thousand people. But you know. Uh, that was a beautiful, wonderful time, but I want us to see do that again. That's why I'm concerned about this building out here. Mm. It's critical we get that building done. That's, right. that's a little add-on here. Amen. But uh, to think that what a wonderful blessing. I want to I get to that again mm -hmm. and then go way beyond. Come on. Because I know it's something's really, man, it's wonderful later. I mean, what will, go, what will happen in this congregation and not only this congregation. So that's my heart. Father, I pray that you would bless this church, Lord, this congregation of people and its pastor, its leaders. Lord, we know that there are offices here that you have ordained already, but they aren't aware of them, and I pray, God, that you would put a hunger in the heart of the people of this congregation, that they could be something far more than they would even imagine. But God, they could be, uh, could be a, a powerful influence in our city. Lord, I know that you gave me that vision back in 1984, I think it was, that Anchorage would become a Christian city. God, I want to see that happen. I want to see that happen, and I know it won't happen without unity. I know it won't. So, God, I pray, for, I pray for Josh, and I pray for the other leaders, Lord, in our city and these other churches, that they would have a heart for unity and would pursue it. They would have a hunger to get together and to share their hearts together and to function together as the one body of Christ in this city. One body. There's only one church in this city, Lord. I know that. And so, God, I pray that you would bless this congregation of people with a, with a hunger in their hearts for something far more than they would even, ever, ever imagine, that your spirit would touch them, that, your, that the Holy Spirit would be upon this place, God. I want to see that, that working again and we go beyond in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you all stand and let's honor Apostle Dick Benjamin, Apostle Dick Struts. Thank you, brothers. Rick. Reed, can you roll him back? You may be seated. Thank you so much. That was a special moment, church.
Eleanor and Robert, will you come? Uh, I know that we're getting a little long here, but uh, God's good. We're going to just receive prophetic word here really quick, and then we're going to close with a little worship. As I've been here this morning, I keep on seeing the vision that I saw three weeks ago. Uh, three weeks ago at a service right here, I saw a vision, and I released that vision uh, to the church. And as I was here this morning, I saw that vision again, and then the Lord just added on it. So the vision was, is I was looking out, and I could see this field, and it was like a wheat field of wheat growing up in this field. And there wasn't just wheat, it was also other fruit-bearing plants. But as I was looking at the field, it's like the wind would blow this way and that way and all around, and, the, and these plants were going in and out and back and forth, just like that. And I was hearing the, uh, the Lord say, it's the winds of adversity. And we grow in winds of adversity. The people grow up and mature in those winds of adversity. And then as I was looking, it's like the wind shifted and it went in one direction. And as it went in one direction, all, all the plants of the field all bent over in that one direction and I saw the wind go up like this and they started looking towards heaven. And so we are the trees of the field. We are the plants of the field. And God is setting us in motion in his direction, his kingdom direction, his kingdom purpose. And as I was looking at the, at the vision, it's like I saw a book, a book just laying right down. It's like the Lord shifted the page just like that and turned it. And, it's, and this morning I saw the book and it's like, the book was just too small, and the Lord just went like that and just made the book bigger. <laughs> and then when I was looking at his face, I could only see this part of the face, but it's like there was a smile that came on the Lord's face, and he had a pencil in his hand, and he just kind of licked the tip of the pencil <laughs> and began to smile and began to write in the book, began to write in the book. And as he was writing, it's like, oh, man, he's writing off the book also. He's not just writing on the book. It's going off over like this. And as he was writing off and over, it's like I saw people emerge and step, step up out of the lines and begin to walk off into the different corridors. And I just heard the Lord saying, as he is truly turning a page in this church, that he's caused his kingdom church, formerly known as Abbot Loop, to rise up in the unity of the faith. And that was in the past, and the foundation is solid. And he is causing the building to arise up, which is you, the church, into your place of destiny, not only for Anchorage, not only for Alaska, but to the utter ends of the earth is what he's doing. Amen. Amen. We receive that. 
we receive those words. Amen. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that, yes, the foundation has been laid, and it has been laid, and it has been laid again. And even as the foundation has been laid, he says that now I am building up the walls, not walls for division, not walls for staying inside the building as it were, but walls of praise and walls of glory and walls of worship and walls of unity and over the roof will be the glory of the Lord and over the roof will not be a roof that stays just in one place in one shape in one form but it will be a flexible roof where yes there's an opening there will be an opening to send out for many will get sent out of this place and many will come and yes there shall be exponential increase and exponential uh, increase and exponential increase not only with people but in places and in finances for this day I'm breaking the back of the enemy I'm breaking the spirit of poverty and religion and those things that would even bind you and hold you back says the Lord for this is the day and this is a new season and this is even a new era and yes I'm turning the pages I'm turning the page and and I say to you that this day history has been made many will look back at this day and say wow that was amazing that was amazing did our hearts not burn when this presence of the Lord came in did our hearts not burn when the spirit of the Lord had begun to be downloaded upon you for I say to you this day even unto the leadership of this church that this is a new day for you for you shall walk in a new way you shall walk in a way of a good soldier for I say that I have made you soldiers in the army of the Lord and I say that I'm even even measuring your steps this day that now you will not walk as children being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine but you will walk as a mature son and a mature daughter in the family and in the household and in the army of the Lord for I say to you that this is not only a, ch a family church but I am signing you up into the army of the Lord wherein now you will take this land for my glory you will take this land for my glory you will take this land for my my kingdom purposes and you will go outside the lines of those pages you will go outside the lines and you will be kingdom influencers wherever you go for do, do I not say that greater am I that is in you than he that is in the world you will go out into the highways and the byways in my love and you will reach them with my love I will download my strategies unto you to take this city and to take this state and to take this nation. And yes, you will go out into the uttermost parts of the earth. Whoa, for I am with you. I am for you. I have your back. And yes, there is a new wind coming into your sail. Amen. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The Lord laid on my heart this morning that in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, 
we have a Paul and a Barnabas here. They came and they laid offerings at the apostles. First came the unity, right? And then they became one, one community. And the people came and they sowed into the apostles. And that's what the Lord laid on my heart as you... Um, I want to just sow into Dick Benjamin and Dick Strutt's apostles, founding apostles in our state and nation. As you can, please uh, sow unto them uh, today. Uh, give, write out their names, and then if you cannot sow today, just think about that in the next couple weeks, okay? Amen. Go ahead. I want to just endorse that. If you're feeling led by the Holy Spirit to sow into our founding apostles, Write their names, Dick Benjamin, Dick Strutz, and then just start, or just jam some cash into their pocket, whatever you want to do. And then don't, don't walk away without asking them to bless you, by the way, because that's really smart to do. Amen? We love you. Appreciate you. Um, so before we close, uh, we're going we're gonna to worship together. We're going to do something in total unity, right? When we sing, we're in unity. There's one person to be worshiped. Is Jesus. Worship's not for you, right? I show up and I, I don't really like the song. It isn't about you. I don't like the music. I don't like worship pastor's hair. Sorry, I told you I wouldn't make fun of your hair anymore. Uh, that's my third one. Ah, whatever. Yeah, you can't, can't even be sad at Mike's hair. Yeah. Worship's for Jesus. Our life is worship to him. Your life is for him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Real quick, the Lord it just laid on a, a word on my heart. And if you could just close your eyes um, and receive this word for us today. I believe it's for the church. The Lord doesn't often give me a word, but this is for the church. The Lord's been talking to me over the last year about uh, the promised land, the promised land season. And it's a season of blessings. And we have just come through a 10-year transitional season as a church and it's as leaders and the Lord has used this season as a powerful full learning season to prepare us for a new season. And I know that by the Spirit of God, this season is now. And we have just stepped over the borderline into our promised land. Hallelujah. Church, now is the time to put away differences, distractions, and hindrances in order to move in the flow and the direction of the Spirit of the Lord. For this generation is desperate for identity. There has never been a more confused generation. And this identity crisis is not localized here in our community, but nationally. Nationally, it's an epidemic. And, this, and they are asking, who am I? And even what am I? And why am I here? And it is a time for the church to rise up as kingdom bearers who know who they are, to tell these, these people that don't know who they are, that you are a child of the King of Kings made in his image in order to belong to him and to his family and through this belonging to matter and to make a difference in the world around you. That's our mandate in this season. And he is calling us into a new season, and it is an elevated season that requires a step up. We've heard that today already. And it will take effort on our parts to step up into that higher level he is calling us into. 
And it is a season of activation, a season for practicing the presence of God and for using our gifts. And this will require a new mindset. And we will need to shake off some hindering mindsets that maybe have helped us, protected us for a long time. And they will not enter the promised land. And they may have um, helped you for a season, but the Lord says they will not serve you well in the season to come. And it is a time of retooling to be ready to receive those that will need to be equipped, this new generation, in this season. And it will not look identical to the equipping season of the past, but it will function as the Bible schools of the past. But in a 21st century model, they will come in and they will be encouraged and they will be rooted and they will be grounded and healed of many soul wounds and be known and belong and go out again. And so we will not sit back in this season and say, we will see. No. This is not a time to sit back and watch others step up. I'm talking to everyone in this room. There is a stirring in your heart to step up. That's the spirit of the Lord. So unite, church. We are walking into the land that the Lord himself has promised us. And this is a season that we are in. Can you feel the earth trembling? Because the walls of Jericho have tumbled to the ground. Hallelujah. And so we will take the land that the Lord has given us and know that he is with us and that his blessings are there and his provisions are there and his promise is there and his protection is there. And the giants don't stand a chance because if God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you stand, church, as we worship together for the very first time? All in, all together. Inviting, inspiring people to a greater purpose. Well, let's worship Unite Church, huh? Let's all sing it together. Here we go. Who might not the highest king?
God bless you, Unite Church. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.